I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. Dot com. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it'll get you, though? For just $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay welcome to today's edition of the clay travis and buck sexton show podcast welcome in thursday edition clay travis buck sexton show hope all of you are having fabulous thursday so far we're going to try to make that a little bit better in the time that you will spend with us marcia blackburn senator from tennessee going to join us in the second hour uh, she's been very outspoken about israel hamas the hostages in particular we will discuss and Top of the third hour, we're going to go up to the Bluegrass State. Kentucky has got a governor's election, which is taking place next week. Attorney General Daniel Cameron running against the sitting uh, Governor Andy Bashir. He is a Democrat, Bashir is. He is the only Democrat that is going to be, I believe this is true, uh, in office anywhere in the South. So it's possible, Kentucky, you've got an opportunity to join the rest of the South. I believe North Carolina buck is going to flip back, uh, feel very strongly about that. But Louisiana already has Mississippi. Tate Reeves is going to win. Um, the only state in the South, I believe, that will have a Republican, uh, that, that might not have a Republican governor is Kentucky. So this is a big battleground. We'll talk with Daniel Cameron about that in the 2 p.m. hour. Now, uh, this we talked about yesterday, Buck, and and I think this is important for everybody out there to understand. Joe Biden, based on what the Democrat Party Identity Politics Coalition has come to represent, is in a really tough spot as the situation in Israel continues to advance in terms of its seriousness. And right now there is a substantial portion of the Democrat base, let's call it 20% maybe, that is convinced, it's younger, uh, it's more ethnically diverse, that Israel is the bad guy in the Israel war that is going on right now against Hamas. And that audience we talked about is actually clustered, for instance, in Michigan. And if Joe Biden loses substantial support of Arab voters, then he can't win the presidency. And the reality is, since that uh, terror attack from Hamas in Israel... 
there has been a massive spike in anti-Semitism all over the country. And that anti-Semitism has manifested itself, particularly on college campuses, but also just in many of our listeners right now who are Jewish, feeling unsafe and having negative comments and threats that are levied against them. This was uh, really kind of epitomized in Cornell recently, where a student essentially threatened to kill all sorts of Jewish kids and was arrested. And so the White House now is responding, and we talked about this with Corinne Jean-Pierre, not by condemning anti-Semitism and ensuring that they are going to provide security for Jewish people across the United States, but by, to a large degree, claiming that the United States has been infected with Islamophobia. And this was characterized yesterday by what Kamala Harris said in what felt to be an incredibly tone-deaf statement Hey, what's really an issue right now in the United States is not anti-Semitism or everyone rising up, it feels like, and attacking Jews. It's actually the fact that people are saying negative things about Islam. Listen. As a result of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, we have seen an uptick in anti-Palestinian, anti-Arab, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic incidents across America. For so many people in our nation, the past few days and weeks have brought about all too familiar fears. Fears that they will be targeted, profiled, or attacked simply because of who they are, how they worship, or how they look. And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. First of all, their national strategy will accomplish nothing. This is just messaging, right? That's that's one part of this. They're, they're not going to – they haven't suddenly come up with some way to end Islamophobia. I mean, I would just say Islamophobia is really a nonsensical term used by cynical people to bully uh, the public, right? Yes. This, this notion that there's some wave of Islamophobia across the country or so – whenever they say things like an uptick in attacks – there are 330 million people in America. If there, there's been one violent attack that we know of, uh, against somebody because of, uh, perceived, you know, Muslim or Islamic, uh, you know, heritage. And the guy was a total psychopath and everybody you know, who attacked him and everybody condemned it right away. Yeah. And that's, that's that. There are not mob. I mean, this, the problem here, there's a lot of problems here, Clay, but, and we, we can get into the politics of this because I think you identified it rightly yesterday. This does turn on Michigan. This does turn on the Muslim American vote in some key swing states, which is not huge, but it doesn't have to be to make a big difference. Uh, there are not mobs of Jewish students or any students for that matter marching around calling for the murder of Palestinians. That's not right. happening or the murder of Arabs or the murder of Muslims. That's not occurring. There are mobs on campuses across the country standing in solidarity with and calling out the most vile and anti-Semitic slurs imaginable, standing in solidarity with Hamas. That is happening. So the the pretense that Biden and his team go through here with, well, you know, there's a rise in hate on both sides. That's not reality. OK, yes, it's not that there's some also anti-Palestinian hate. What are they even talking about? The anti-Palestinian hate? People are saying Israel has a right to defend itself against Hamas, a terrorist group. Um, anyway, the, the whole thing 
is one, it's a window into the mind of the left here, which is that they still view the Palestinians as always the victims, even when Hamas commits a mass casualty terror attack and kills 1,400 people, rapes women, murders babies, the whole thing. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely appalling. And they also see that there's a political problem here, Clay. Yeah, and this is what we were talking about yesterday. Michigan in particular, huge Muslim voting population that overwhelmingly supported Joe Biden in a toss-up district. They're seeing the polling, which is showing 17% support for Joe Biden among the Arab population. I don't think you can both sides this. One side, uh, that is the Hamas terrorist, attacked and brutally murdered 1,400 people because they are Jewish. And there's a great editorial in the Wall Street uh, Journal today that I was reading this morning. It basically says what you said, Buck, which is Islamophobia is a phony diagnosis. It's by a guy named Matthew Hennessy. That was before that was before there was actually this Islamophobia task force that Kamala Harris is going to head up. And he has a good paragraph here. It's rational to be afraid of Islamic terror. Uh, I'm reading directly from his piece. It's understandable to be angry about the World Trade Center, Bali, Bali, Madrid, London, Paris, the Boston Marathon, San Bernardino, Charlie Hebdo, the Manchester Arena, the Brussels Metro, the Orlando Nightclub, Salman Rushdie, the list goes on. Uh, it isn't wrong to hate the people who live stream the slaughter of entire families on October 7th. It isn't a phobia to abhor senseless death delivered in the name of God. It may even be laudable. And, Buck, you hit on it, too, and I think it's very important to to make this clear. No one is calling for anything of any violent act to be perpetrated against anyone of the Muslim faith at all. No Jew or Christian group that I have seen anywhere, Buck, has marched demanding some sort of awful outcome for anybody who is Muslim, whereas that's happening all over the country if you are Jewish. That's exactly right. And, you know, I, I remember, um, and this was, this was a moment at CNN. I could probably even pull up, uh, the old clip. It was after the, um, mass casualty. Now, not mass casualty on the scale of what we saw in Israel, but I think it was about 80 people. If you remember this on Bastille Day in southern France, there was a jihadist terrorist who used a truck and just ran over as many people and killed as many people as he. I mean, it's absolutely horrifying. In Marseille, and, right? Close to it. Uh, close. Um, yeah, it was close to Marseille. It might have been in Nice. Like I can't remember exactly yeah. what city. I think it was in Nice. Um, but I remember I was on TV to discuss the attack at CNN, and they had all these. You know, they had the usual like uh, a former Air Force lieutenant colonel or something, whatever. Uh, some uh, academic uh, and and I can't remember who else. And then me, and to a man uh, and woman, they all went around and they're like, this is what happens basically when you don't assimilate your uh, Muslim minorities properly in Europe. Basically, it was Europe's fault. They're asking yeah. for it. And I, I lost my mind a little bit. I'm like, what are you people talking about? Why can't we talk about getting the terrorists and stopping the terrorists? You're, you know, and, and the, um, the other part of this is we've seen this in this country for a long time after a mass casualty uh, terror attack. And there have been many of them on U.S. soil perpetrated by jihadists. Um, and after that happens, Clay, they, they will say the real threat that we face is Islamophobia. Yeah. And this is the constant refrain from Democrats that does make you think after a while. So they just want like the collapse of our civilization. Right. I mean, they're actually actively rooting for 
our country to collapse. And they certainly want the collapse of, of Israel. I mean, the, the left in this country, that's what they're really rooting for. They don't want them to defend themselves. And, you know, there, there are some questions that, that all of this raises about, you know, what side is the Biden administration really on? You know, what, yeah. what are they really willing to do? And remember, Joe Biden has constantly attacked MAGA extremism. He won't even acknowledge Islam extremism, right? He won't. Yeah. And, and, and maybe I've missed it, Buck. Where, where are the, in, in modern era, right? Cause certainly in the past, there's all sorts of depredations that were inflicted upon everybody. I'm talking about in the lives of you and me and anybody, you know, roughly who's out there listening. When have the Christian and Jewish terror attacks been? When have people in the name of the Christian faith gone out and murdered other people of a different faith? When have people of the Jewish faith gone out and murdered people of a different faith based solely on religion. Now, I'm not talking about hundreds of years ago. Certainly, there were all sorts of uh, of depredations based on religion. Am I missing any? Can you think of a Christian-inspired or Jewish-inspired mass terror casualty event in the name of that religion? I mean, the left will always try to point to anti-government and they'll try to find somebody who's like a Timothy McVeigh and they'll say, oh, well, he was a white male, ostensibly Christian, and they'll try to make. But uh, Timothy McVeigh didn't do what he did because he thought Jesus told him to. Right. So there's yeah. a there's there's a, a distinction to be made there. Uh, another way. And this this raises some issues, but I think it's important uh, if we're having the conversation about this. I mean, it's a function of ideology and looking not all ideologies are the same. OK, the Amish haven't done a lot of suicide bombings. We can we can we can make these distinctions. Reliably, this is, we this can is say true. That, yes. OK, yes. there have been no Amish suicide bombings. Quake, I can say Quakers that. aren't on a regular basis showing up and, and, and just mowing people down. And, you know, they use this term Islamophobia. And to this, I just always I, I think and, and this was what I did for a long time professionally in the CIA and then afterwards doing national security analysis, Clay. There's no Buddhistophobia. There's no Sikhophobia. There's no um, uh, Hinduophobia, if you will. Now, people will point to sometimes some moron will think someone is a Muslim and they'll attack them, and they're not yeah. actually. I mean, you know, and by the way, attacking the person whether in any attacking context anybody is wrong. again, we are firmly anti-violence on the but, show to attack anybody for any reason who's not doing anything to put your life in danger is wrong. Period. Right. There we go. But there, there is something else that gets ignored in this discussion, which is, you know, in the, in the modern context, if you're looking for, isn't it interesting? Right wing white nationalism in America, they will talk about and they will vilify the and they will constantly and try to tie, you know, conservative talk radio host to it or try to tie Fox News host to it or, or whomever. They'll, they'll do yes. whatever they can to smear as many people as possible. But when you talk about Islamic extremism or jihadism is the term that I, I tend to use, um, they act like there's nothing there's nothing going on here, but there clearly is. Yes. Um, there clearly is a problem, and there has been for a long time. And this is why, as I said, I mean, you have about the same number of Buddhists in the United States as you do Muslims, but the Buddhists aren't all terrified of surveillance or Buddhistophobia or anything yeah. like that. It's because the Buddhists haven't been invented, you know. You're talking about where does the threat come from? Um, and right now, if you're looking at Hamas and Iran and these groups and their their tentacles around the world and the cells they're operating, you know, the, the threat is not the same from all quarters, folks. That's the truth. And it's uh, I, I mean, 
it is so fascinating, right? I mean, the Charlie Hebdo story is awful, but it is so interesting how many people in America who claim to be LGBTQ social justice warriors are advocating for a primitive version of a religion that denies the existence of their very lifestyle. You know, it really is though. It's, um, it's just the enemy of my enemy for them and, and conservative, traditional, Judeo-Christian Western civilization with clear genders, with self-defense and property rights and capitalism and God. They hate all of that. And they think the jihadists are a useful tool in the destruction of that. And so that's why you have people with blue hair who have they, them pronouns acting like Hamas is their best buddy. It's just using them as a weapon to try to bring down the system that they hate as well. Because obviously, Clay, we look at what they stand for. And it's, I mean, you would not last very long as an openly gay person in, in any Palestinian occupied region. Um, yeah, or, or, you know, a non-binary trans individual who thinks that a 12 year old should be able to tr- change their gender with state funds. I mean, like, you don't think that would be beyond. well received? You don't think that would be well received in Iran? Don't think they'd be psyched about that in Tehran at all. The Ayatollah no. is not going to give you a medal. No, and these, these Hamas guys, they are really, they don't spend enough time on salon.com. They are not progressive <laughs> enough. All right, we'll get back into this in a second, folks. You know, you worked hard to build your retirement savings. You deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group wants to help fuel your growth. You can invest in their corporate bonds through your 401k and IRA to start earning tax-deferred annual returns ranging from 9 to 13%. There are multiple options with different rates and terms to choose from. Phoenix Capital Group is providing investors a new high-yield option, investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the free investment packet at phxonair.com. You can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Look, I'm a PHX investor myself, Phoenix Capital Group, my friends. Okay, I've gotten involved. I think you should check them out. Go see what they can do for you. Visit phxonair.com today. Inspiring you to seek out the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced, natural wool and environmentally safe foams the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow plus when you purchase the natural hybrid you're also helping fuel lisa's work with shelters and those in need since 2015 lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hour two, Clay and Buck. Politics, everybody. Let's do it. Let's dive into this. Spent a lot of time on national security and ideology and uh, Islamophobia the first hour. But let's let's talk here about, which I, I think is a, a term I don't even like Never mind the political usages of what's going on here. But let's talk politics for a sec. We have a uh, Republican debate next week. It'll be here in Miami. Um, Clay and I are going we're going to watch it together. So we're going to have some kind of discussion about are we doing, you know, what is the best dip, Clay? You know, we need to <laughs> we need to lock some of these things in. Like, what is the dip of choice? I like anything that has crab in it. I'll tell you if you could do any kind of like a cheese crab situation that gets me excited, but really any version of queso melted cheese, maybe throw some kind of a pork product in there. I get excited. I can't stop on dip salsa or uh, any sort of French onion dip or anything like that. If you put yeah. chips and dip in front of me, I, I, I just, I don't know that I will ever stop. I mean, I, I don't know that anybody's ever said, you know what? I've eaten too many chips and dip. I couldn't eat another bite. It feels like that's something that never ends. So I'm so, all in favor of that. So, so we're going to be having some good snacks because the debate will see whether it really moves the needle or not. Let's just to set the table before we dive into some of what the number two right now and really the number two the whole time, uh, Ron DeSantis is saying he is making his, he is making his pitch. And we're going to play some of this, and I want to hear in this hour from uh, on the lines, do you think, Ron, are you still a Ron true believer in this election? I'll I'll say this. I mean, I think he's a fabulous governor. I give him an A-plus as governor in my home state here. He's great as governor. We're talking about the presidential election now, though. We're not talking about whether he's a great governor. He's clearly, I mean, I, I think it's very hard to make a case he's not a very good governor, but he's way behind Trump in this presidential election and has been for many, many months now, and it's go time. So let's look into this. First up, The Messenger, themessenger.com and Harris X here have a poll. National presidential nomination. Trump is at 62. DeSantis is at 12. Haley is at 7. Ramaswamy is at 6. Uh Pence obviously dropped out. Christie won. Scott won. Bur- okay, so it's Trump, DeSantis, Haley, uh, Ramaswamy still at six. So Ramaswamy is, you know, just behind Haley. 
Um, but he has certainly lost some momentum in the, in the polling since, uh, what was it? Maybe midsummer, I'd say, when he was starting to get into some, some double digit territory. I think Vivek surged after the first debate. A lot of people didn't know him. He had a good, I would say, solid performance. And I would say he peaked about, when was the first debate? Like late August? Am I right on the math yes, on that? Right. I, I was in, remember. I was in Scotland. So oh, I, right. yeah, I was in Scotland. Yeah. So I August. would say Vivek peaked. If I were assessing where we are right now, I would say his campaign peaked around Labor Day and has really not taken that next proverbial next step and i would say that desantis you can argue peaks before he even announced in terms of national polling and i would say nikki haley is the one who is still going up as we speak right now i, now, I, I think she that took change, some of the, but that's, uh, the, that's the way i would assess it right now i think she took some of the wind out of vivek's sails if you will by really you know she she took swings she took swings at him and she took swings at, at tim scott I'll say when she took swings at Vivek, I'm like, all right, you're going to post photos shirtless playing tennis and like, be, you know, Vivek is, you know, he's, he's a bit of a brawler out there. But with Tim Scott, I was like, oh, oh, we, well, we talked asked about this. Tim little, Scott about that. Surprised. Yeah. I think even, even he acknowledged he to was us, surprised. Like he, he was surprised that she really went after him like she did. Yeah. So, all right. Now let's get into it. So Ron is out there because he realized he's got a huge, a huge gap to try to close here. And I'm just interested to, we're interested to see one, whether he's able to get any, any momentum. Iowa is the one place where I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the DeSantis supporters and team DeSantis are expecting he'll make a, it'll kind of be a first and last stand simultaneously, right? It'll be the first real time that people vote, but also if Iowa doesn't go for team DeSantis, I think it's going to get very, very, you know, very unlikely that they'll get momentum, you know, after that. Maybe New Hampshire. We'll see. Okay. But Clay, let's let's get into some of what he has said here and whether this is going. This this was interesting. I I did not expect this answer the way it came out. At least here's Ron DeSantis. This is on MS. He went on MSNBC. He went into the lions lions den, den which, which I I respect. I think a lot I of do candidates yep. should do that. You know, I mean, Trump sits down with Maggie Habern from the New York Times all the time to try to talk to that audience. I think it's fine to go into lions den as long as you represent who you are and you don't try to pander and he did not do that and i think um, going live is important because they won't edit it so he yes. was on live morning joe desantis was this morning on msnbc i think that's smart we got some cuts to play for you yes so let's let's start with this one first off he's saying trump is running this is 17 he is saying trump is running a biden style basement campaign play it we are not going to win as Republicans by adopting the strategy that Biden did, being in the basement during the 2020 campaign. That's effectively what Donald Trump's doing. He is refusing to debate. We've got a lot of issues that this country is facing right now. It requires steady, focused, strong leadership. you got to be able to defend your record, and you got to be able to articulate how you're going to take the country in a better direction. And so my view about why you should debate, I mean, look, I want to fight for people. You know, and Donald Trump is perceived by Republicans as a fighter, but I also want to win for people that means winning elections but also means winning on these policy fights clay if you were up 40 or 50 points would you debate no i would not and and look i will say we were citing a national poll things can change quickly because it's not as if there are a lot of advertisements running in california or i would imagine texas and oklahoma all over the country right now right it, everybody's spending money right now in Iowa, and then they're spending money in New Hampshire and South Carolina. And I would bet that's like 95% of the money that's being spent right now is being spent in those three states by all candidates. Uh, but 
to me, if Trump gets on the stage, he legitimizes his challengers. If I were running, I would a billion percent want him on the stage. And so I don't begrudge DeSantis making that argument, Nikki Haley making that argument, uh, no, Vivek, anybody. He's got to make, I mean, they've got to make that argument. And that, yes. this was, I think the fatal flaw for the campaign for Vivek all along was you, you can't want to be the guy when you're praising somebody else as the guy. That, it's that hard to say, it's hard to, ba- basically what Vivek is saying is, uh, Donald Trump, for a sports analogy, is Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever lived but I'll be Tom Brady. Right. It's hard to argue that but the person there, you're trying to get over is, you know, one of the greatest. But there's only ever, one QB. But, but there's only one greater. QB job right. play to play, right? There's only one job, so we can't. You know, it's not like uh, he can be a great on his team and I can be great on my team. There's only one president, only one slot. So if you don't think, if you're not willing to say you're better than the other person in the role, you're not going to get the role. So that was, and I saw that all along, and I think I was pretty honest about that. As much as Vivek did have some very good moments on the debate stage, et cetera. Okay. But back to, um, uh, DeSantis. So we, we both, DeSantis has to make the case that Trump needs to go on stage. Trump is not going to go on stage. So that doesn't really change very much. Um, going after Trump as a big spender. Does this move the needle at all? Play 18. I was there for the first two years of the Trump administration. There was a faction of us in the House that was urging him not to just sign these big omnibus spending bills. But he signed every spending bill that ever got to his desk, culminating in in a big gusher of spending his last year in office, which, of course, ended up adding $7.8 trillion to the debt in one four-year period as a president. Under uh, the four years of Trump, he added almost as much to the debt as Obama did in, in eight years. And so there was no sense of fiscal restraint. Right there. Does this dent the armor at all? Look, I think the only way you can beat Trump, and I have said this from the get, no, I think the answer is no. I mean, I think that the people who are going to be focused on government spending already know this, and I think it's hard to move the needle on that. The only, I think the only way to beat Trump, this is my personal opinion, I think you have to say, and they're not willing to do this because they're afraid, I think you have to say Trump lost in 2020. I'm saying if I'm running against him, and he will lose in 2024 if we put him up against Biden again. I think you have to attack Trump and say exactly that. And you have to say it over and over and over again. The challenge with that is there are a lot of Republican voters who don't want to hear it. And so. And don't believe it. And don't believe it. And so that's the only way you win. Because here's the deal. I am focused. All I care about is winning. Right. I am Al Davis. Just win, baby. I mean, I wrote American playbook. It's like this is how you win. And I want to win comfortably. I don't want to be awake late at night, worried about whether a fire alarm is going to go off in Fulton County. I don't want to worry about whether the voting machines are going to work in Maricopa County. I don't want to worry about what's going to happen in Milwaukee or Detroit or Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, because, you know, the Democrats are going to pull every lever they can now. The challenge, Buck, is if you go balls to the wall with that argument, you might not win, and you might also mortally wound yourself in the 2020 campaign. Because right now, I think Trump is going to win, right? If we were, if the election was, you know, Tuesday coming up in, in 2024, you said, you said of the 2020 campaign. You, you mean the 2024 campaign, right? Uh, well, if you lose. 
sorry, if you if you make that argument and you lose in 2024, I think it impacts you in 2028. Because I think okay. people, yeah, yeah, I think people remember because the big takeaway here, and I think we're starting to think about how this plays out is, even if you lose in 2024, you want to be super viable in 2028. So for people out Look, there who are stepping down, yeah. That, that's why, that's why Glenn Youngkin's not running in this cycle, I think, because he's seen what's gone on here with the, with the Trump base and it's just, it's, um, it, the strength of it, the, the, it's implacable, it's, it's unmovable, it's, uh, it's ossified. I mean, it is there. Look at and, you, Mr. Vocab. You know, throwing it out there a yeah. little bit. And I think, uh, I think Youngkin, for example, is somebody who figures, you know what? You don't want to get, I mean, I, I don't, I don't say this in any kind of a, um, I don't mean this in a mean way, but you know, I mean, I think Marco Rubio's presidential prospects were damaged by the 2016 campaign. Now he's still a senator and he's still doing his thing and that's fine. But I think that sometimes getting in the race against Trump doesn't lead you in a better, in a better spot the next time around. Is that the case with DeSantis or not? Well, we shall see. They're- and that's, that's why I'm saying, Buck, the question they're going to have to decide at some point is, how much are you really going to go at the king? Remember well, the yeah, line? Is, is it all about, yeah, of course. If you come at the king, you best not miss. Omar's best line from the wire. I believe that actor passed away recently. Um, I think you're right. But I think there are a lot of guys who may be coming at the king and missing. And if Trump goes now, if Trump loses, I don't think you're harmed as much in 28. But if Trump wins, it's going to be hard to get people who really supported Trump to come back into your camp. And I think that's the calculus everybody's playing with right I, now. I want to know, do we have right now listening and wanted to call in to make their case team ron folks who still see the pathway and who think that because we get the emails we get some angry we get angry emails not even because we, we look we have never endorsed we're just talking about what the polls are saying and what what looks likely based on the numbers but people say don't say that trump is you know likely or don't say that trump is is almost certainly or anything like that so 800-282-2882 and clay Let's let's come back to this question. Same thing for Nikki Haley too, by the way, because I think those are the only three that you could really okay. make a case for right now. If we get if we get some Nikki Haley callers, I'd maybe be they curious, exist. You know. Maybe they exist out there. We know we got a lot of DeSantis, and we know we got a lot of Trump. Maybe there's Nikki Haley and just, uh, steadfast. And too. if we don't take any, it's because we're not getting the calls from them, which means this audience may be all in on you know we may be at the like eighty ninety percent all in on Trump phase of things here. But should the part? This is a question posed to Ron DeSantis. Should the party nominate Trump if he is convicted in one of these felony trials? Clay, let's return to this. Let's play this. Let's return to this because I, this, this was a moment. This is an interesting question to pose to the number two in the presidential election, uh, GOP primary right now. We'll get back to that in a second. You know, there's truth in the phrase practice makes perfect. Guess what? I'm going out to the range this weekend with my brother and a friend of ours who is a true expert. You know, I'm just an amateur trying to get as good as I can. Trying to hone some of the basic skills I learned at the agency back at the day, back in the day. But, you know, I, I do what I can. I try to be as proficient as possible with my firearms and try to gain insight, knowledge and, and better my skills. And yeah, at the range, that's obviously a great place to do it. But also I have another tool in my toolkit, the Mantis X. It's a device you can use without ammo to improve your shooting. This is a type of training called dry fire practice. And with a Mantis X, it's one of the best ways to improve your shooting accuracy. The Mantis X attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, connects to your phone and the Mantis X app. The Mantis X guides you through drills and courses and gives you data-driven, real-time feedback. Most folks see an improvement within the first half hour of using the Mantis X. This is a product now being used by U.S. military and special forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. 
Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X dot com. Make an appointment with the truth. Tune in every day to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to be talking to Senator Blackburn here of Tennessee in just a moment. Um, but a lot of VIP emails come in about what we were just talking about. Let's see. We have Mark writing in. Remember, if you want to be a VIP, go to ClayandBuck.com. He writes, Fellas, can you imagine how jealous Trump will be after DeSantis kicks Newsom's butt in their November 30th debate? Mark, I don't think Trump's going to care. Um, um, that's my sense of it. I don't, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think Trump I will is watch be. that debate, but I don't think, uh, and I think it's smart for DeSantis to do, but I don't think Trump's going to watch that debate. Yeah. I don't, I think Trump will ignore the whole thing. Uh, Frederick writes, DeSantis lies quite a bit. Trump is holding rallies all over Iowa. He is visiting New Hampshire. DeSantis minces, minces words like an unethical lawyer. Hmm, Frederick, not a, as, not a speaking as an unethical lawyer, Buck, I actually don't think DeSantis lies, uh, like compared to a lot of politicians out there. By the Democrat standard for lie is so high, highly set. I think it's, it's hard to argue that DeSantis is lying. Senator Marsha Blackburn with us now from Tennessee. Senator, appreciate you calling in. I'm delighted to join you. Thank you so much for having me. So let's uh, let's start here with uh, what, what was your uh, what was your reaction to the Biden administration, given all that's going on with Israel and Gaza and Hamas, uh, unveiling its strategy to combat Islamophobia yesterday? You have to listen to some things that are said from this White House and say they have to be tone deaf. How could they possibly? move forward with that when you have Hamas, a recognized terrorist organization, recognized as such by the U.S. and our allies, have carried out these attacks on Israel, killing Israelis in their homes, in their communities, and uh, beheading babies, burning babies in the ovens, killing grandparents in front of their kids and and children in front of their parents. How could they possibly not talk about what has happened to the people of Israel? Senator, um, appreciate you joining us. There's a lot of talk now about Israeli aid, Ukrainian aid, Taiwanese aid, the Biden administration is trying to roll that all together into one big bill, I believe, that costs over $100 billion. My understanding is the House is going to first pass a bill that focuses on Israel. Should this be one bill? Should it be individual bills? How do you think this should be handled? I think the process of moving forward with Israel aid standalone by itself Addressing those issues is important. You know, Clay, one of the things that's so important in this discussion is Israel can tell you exactly what they need and exactly of how many of whatever it is that they need. There is not uh, some any ambiguity there. That's important to this process. And giving Israel what they need to defend themselves is important making certain they have what they need in order to defeat Hamas and rid the face of the earth of Hamas. That is an important part of this. Now, 
if you want to then turn and take up Ukraine aid, which is a completely different issue, and we have got to have some accountability and transparency around the Ukraine dollars, whether it is for humanitarian aid or some of their government infrastructure or their military. There has to be some accountability. Right now, we're about $75 billion in on Ukraine. So we want to take this time and figure out what has happened. Now, nobody wants Vladimir Putin to get a win. Nobody. But at the same time, we have to have some transparency. Also, it is imperative that we secure that southern border. Look at what we had the first couple of weeks of October at that southern border. You had 30 Iranians, 35 Pakistanis, 100 Russians, and 2,000 Chinese come to that border and present themselves and ask for asylum. This year, you've had 151 known terrorists come to that border and claim asylum. And Border Patrol will tell you they have got to have a barrier. They've got to have more agents and officers. They need technology where they cannot get a barrier. And we have to stop this flow coming into the country. You have people from countries of interest by the thousands coming in here. And DHS, Mayorkas, is doing nothing to track these people. When these terrorists are apprehended, we don't know what they're doing with them, but we know they're not sending them to Gitmo, which is where terrorists ought to be sent. So the border and the open nature of this, the fact that you've got gotaways that are coming to that border, and you've got the worst of the worst, the gang members, the terrorists, those that are drug dealers and human traffickers, they're the ones in the gotaways. They're the ones that don't want to get caught. Senator, you're a mom and you're a grandma. Uh, When you see all these young people rallying to support Hamas, rallying to support Palestine, opposing Israel's right to defend itself. What do you think? I just, it's astounding to me that they are doing this and that the universities are letting this happen. As I said, the U.S. recognizes and has for the last couple of decades, has recognized Hamas as a terrorist group. And these universities are letting these students go out here and rally in support of terrorism, rally in support of people that say death to America, death to Israel, rally in support of an organization who in their bylaws, in their bylaws, they talk about one of their goals being the annihilation of the state of Israel. They rally in support of Hamas, an organization that has a leader that goes out and gives an interview and says, we intended to do all the damage we did on October 7th, and guess what? We're going to do it again and again and again until we annihilate Israel. Think about that. This is absurd. And I will tell you, Clay, this is one of the reasons that Senator Jackie Rosen and I had our resolution to condemn this. And we were joined by Senator Van Hollen 
and Senator Langford as primary co-sponsors, and then our resolution condemning these actions passed off the floor of the U.S. Senate last Thursday. And it did it with a unanimous vote. Nobody objected. And I wish we would see that kind of solidarity and support for Israel all across the country. People need to realize that these terrorist organizations, whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah or the Houthis or ISIS Syria, ISIS Iraq, we've got a porous border. We've got these terrorist organizations that would love to get people in the country into their terrorist cells. And we are making ourselves vulnerable because we are not securing our southern border. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. Senator, thanks for being here with us. You got it. Take care. Bye. She's doing great work. Uh, and you know what could help a lot of you out there? It's Thursday night. Buck, you know what I had to do? I had to take a nap. Because tonight is the Steelers-Titans game, and I know my boys, my kids are going to want to stay up late and watch Thursday night football. And I say, you know what? I'm going to take a little nap before uh, before it gets late night. Get a little bit older. Maybe I take naps. Maybe you don't have the energy that you used to. Maybe you'd like some vim, some vigor, some vitality in your life. You can get hooked up right now with Chalk. 35% off for life. They're all-natural male vitality stack. You take it for three months. It can increase your natural testosterone by 20%. As we come into winter, starts to get dark earlier, probably looking around like, man, I can't believe it's only 6 o'clock. It feels like it's midnight. I know a lot of you out there have that feeling, get home from work, been chasing the kids around. Maybe a little bit of extra testosterone in your life can make a big difference. Check it out. What do you have to lose? All natural, three months, 20% increase in your testosterone levels. 35% 35% off for life. All you have to do is go to choq.com. Use my name, Clay, 35% off for life. Check it out today, choq.com. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in. Play Travis Buck Sexton Show. All right, we've done a lot of serious discussion here. Buck, there is a major controversy after, yet again, this uh, dispute has gone viral. I don't know where you stand on this issue. It divides families, Mm. divides husbands, wives, parents from their children. What should happen with seats as it pertains to reclining on airplanes? I'm going to be honest with all of you out there. I am 1 billion percent committed to no reclining on seats. I'm not huge. I'm six foot, you know, 185 or so. If someone reclines to me while I am in coach class seating, which I fly almost exclusively on Southwest because there is no first class, I feel like I am imprisoned. I can't work on my laptop. I can't even hold my beloved uh, paper newspaper hardly and turn the pages. I am of the opinion that no seats on any airplane that is not like an overnight flight that you shouldn't be able to recline at all. I bet for the flight attendants that are listening, I bet this is like 90% of the fights that they see on a regular basis now. So, so this here's, is my position. I'm anti. You're in. You're you're all in on it. And I respect all that. in. I will tell you that I think that this is situational. I think there's a little bit of situational awareness you need to have here. If it is a daylight domestic flight, I do not think you recline. I think that ever you know because people are going to be working, they need their space. I think that if they dim the lights in the cabin, and you're talking about it, like if you're flying coach, you know the red eye New York to L.A. or something. 
you know, you do what you can to try to get the rest you can. You're not going to sleep very well in a coach, even with it reclined. But I think if you're in a dimmed cabin situation and, and, and it's clear that people are going to be trying to get sleep, then reclining is sometimes acceptable. However, my thing is airlines need to get far more aggressive about policing seat kicking because there are a lot of people who, and when I say kicking, I just mean People who are very aggressive. First of all, do you ever have this where someone sits behind you and they decide they want to get to the bathroom and instead of using their <laughs> armrests, they use the back of the seat in front of them like a yeah. catapult, like, like they're a medieval lord trying to storm the yes. fortress and they want to fire a rock over it and, and they shoot themselves up into the sky basically using your entire seat as the springboard. That to me is a massive party foul and you should get a timeout for I, it. I understand. Yes, that sometimes happens. Those are people that usually don't, uh, uh, the way that I think about it is they usually don't have the ability to otherwise get up. Like they tend to be like older or out of shape. Like they have difficulty getting up in general. I, I, so I, I agree with that on some level. The other thing I, I'm still fired up about the reclining seats. If you aren't very big, like my wife is five two. You like you definitely should not. I I, I want someone who is five two. You, you how tall is Carrie? How tall is your wife? Like five 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 six something like that. Like, five five. I don't know. <laughs> I hope right. she's not listening. She's probably so, listening. So my wife is five two. I understand when when I'm six foot. I'm not claiming like I'm six six or something like that. But when there's like something to be reached on a shelf, if you're short. You presume that people who are taller than you can reach anything. Like she'll be like, "Hey, can you get that?" I'm like, "That's nine feet in the air." Like I, I'm taller than you, and my arms are a lot longer, but I can't get up that high. I don't think short people have any concept for what it's like to be in coach class seating. And so when some, and a lot of times woman, is like five two and reclines in front of me. I'm like, you have an ocean of yeah. space already. Like, the Terry's sea five, is four. swallowing you. Okay, so, so I, your wife's I five, said five, five. I was close. Yeah. I'm close enough that I'm not in any trouble. So, the, if you're a, a, a five foot two, five foot four woman, and you sit in coach class seating, you have an abundance and a luxury of space. You're like in first class seating compared to someone who is six feet or bigger. I can't even imagine. Like, I sometimes see guys who are like six, five or six, six walking past me. On a Southwest Airlines flight, and I just think you poor bastard. Like I, you can't even sit without your knees grinding into people's backs. I'm telling you, seats should not be reclinable because people say, "Oh, well, I paid for the seat and I should recline." I've tried to do laptop work. I've tried to read. You cannot do it if you're a decent sized man and someone reclines in front of you. So yeah, I'm there's also the, anti. The, there's also the um, the people that recline very rapidly. And sometimes will hit your laptop or they'll even knock over drinks, things like that. Oh, yeah, that's a common, totally. that's a common, uh, shortcoming of the uh, situation. I'm surprised though you don't, I will tell you, Clay, there are moments where someone is being so aggressive in the pushing and hitting of my seat that I have to think to myself, I do not want the Daily Mail headline, right wing <laughs> radio host caught on video in scuffle. Over air, like I have to go through it in my head so that I do not turn around and start screaming. Expletives. What's the worst event that you've had happen to you on a flight? 
uh, the worst thing that's ever happened to me on a yeah, flight. Yeah, not like the plane, like the, 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 you know, like the things, but like just interpersonal relationships. To your point, I mean, I was, I was once sitting next to a woman and we were, you know, I was in the middle and yeah. I was using the, uh, the seat, uh, you know, like the being in the middle seat is, is awful, right? I mean, it yeah. is like really like you're the dregs of society if you have to sit in the middle on a long flight and like my arm touched her arm on the hand, on the armrest. And she hit me, and she said, if you touch me again, I'm going to, uh, you know, the flight attendant is going to come here, and this is going to be a major issue for you. And I was like, I'm just trying to put my arm on the armrest. And I was thinking to myself, I mean, how do I this, prove that? I- were you already Clay Travis? Like, was this an MSNBC oh, yeah, this, employee? No, okay. I, have no, I don't think she knew who I was, but I was thinking to myself, how do I prove that I didn't do anything wrong? I'm just in the middle seat trying to use part of the armrest, right? And she lost it, and I was think I, I didn't even know what to do. I, I was like, I don't want to create a scene, because I don't, to your point, I don't yeah. want it to be a story like Clay Travis, you know, like, and this is why my wife is like, you shouldn't be taking Southwest flights, but I, I can't, I'm not, I'm not ever going to give up Southwest Airlines. I'm in the A boarding group. I've spent a lot of time here, but she's like, only bad things are going to happen to you in the middle seat on Southwest. Somebody's going to know you. They're going to hate you, and they're going to try to turn this into a huge story. But that's the first, like the armrest thing. I was like, oh my god, I might be turned into an awful human being, and I haven't even done anything. I would have backed you up, Clay. Don't worry, you would have been okay. But this is probably a while ago, though. I might not have known you. So this is like true. this is about a, it was before we started doing the show. But oh, but, sometimes re- but pretty people recent. Are, yeah. Oh, okay. Sometimes oh. people are stunned that I'm on Southwest Airlines flight. No, I'm I'm on a Southwest Airlines flight Monday. I take them everywhere. I mean, I, I don't want to. You know, some people may be eating their lunch, and also, you know, I I just. But if you ask me, like the roughest thing that I can remember being exposed to on a plane, and I know that there's the you know whoever smelt it dealt it. Okay, I I understand that there are rules that people think apply to this, but I am just I was next to somebody who was having clear gastrointestinal distress oh, to, the no, point, that's... to the point where <laughs> to the point where I started laughing because it kept happening and I and it smells <laughs> it's so stupid did you ask did you ask for a so seat bad it smelled so bad <laughs> that I was like I was starting to worry if like methane poisoning could be a thing <laughs> I you thought you were going to die up I in the air I fly coach a lot yeah, and I was really hoping those HEPA filters were working overtime. And it was clear to me who the, it was a guy. You knew, like, you know, it, like uh, upper middle age, heavy. And, and, you know, the thing about BO, I'm going to tell you this right now, because I've been on flights where there's, there's a lot of BO action going on. Body, uh, armpit stuff, you get a little bit used to over time because it's constant. Yeah, right. So if you're in, in, and I've been in countries, my former uh, life as a CIA People person. People don't bathe as often or as aggressively as we might hear. There's yeah. not a lot of, well, there's no deodorant usage, basically. Oh, that's, that's, that's bad, not really that's a, a thing. Bad, that's a bad So, policy. so you get that, but, but in the, and I've been in long car rides with folks and you can kind of get used to that. The intermittent, uh, <laughs> the intermittent smell yeah. exposure is very, cause you never acclimate to it. And yeah, I, I remember I just sort of like, I kind of just bust out laughing and it was, it wasn't a very long flight, but it was highly unpleasant. It's so. like the difference between a dull roar and an intermittent sound, right? It's like you could get used to 
a sound that's annoying as long as it's consistent, right? Some people yeah. might say that's yeah. your radio show. B- BO is like <laughs> white, BO is like a white, day. is like white noise, but Whereas, like, I'm talking about like the thunder was, you yeah. know, was Oh no, but I mean, this is why, for instance, it seems to me that fire alarms only go off in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m. Yeah. You're sleeping great. And it's by the way, the battery's out. And so then you've got to figure out how to replace it. You're climbing on a ladder. You feel like you're going to die. Uh, because you're going to fall off and hit your head, and the beeping won't start. It's the intermittent, right? It's the intermittent. Oh, the little chirp that little, yes, little chirp beep that just well, ruins all, your sleep. Clay lives in a castle, so it's fun because I get lost sometimes when I visit him, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like yelling for Lara. I'm like, I'm in the South Wing, and there's like a drawbridge that has to. So Clay's house is enormous, and and uh I can imagine the thing about that little chirp noise is that you if you have them, where it's coming, you'll from. never know where it is. No. So, so then you start to lose your mind. Like then you start yes. to turn into Jack Nicholson in The Shining because each one of those little things could be the the sound. The amount of, of time that I have spent walking around in the middle of the night in my underwear trying to figure out where the fire alarm is that is chirping. By the way, fire alarms have thankfully never gone off for any reason that we've needed them. Right? And I don't even know what the rules are. There are some parts of our house where we have fire alarms that are separated by like five feet. So you talk about, like, even if you're narrow, I don't know what, I guess maybe one room is classified one way and the other way. I don't know why they do that. But I'll stand there literally between the two trying to determine which direction it's going. It's 2.30 in the morning. And this was even worse, Buck, when I used to get up at 4.20 in the morning, you know, for my morning radio show for five years. There's nothing worse than getting up at 4.20. I know a lot of you out there get up early in the morning. You know what I'm talking about. When that alarm goes off, the only thing worse than that is when the fire alarm starts chirping at 2.30 and you're like, I got to be up in, you know, in an hour and 20 minutes. I'm only sleeping like four hours anyway. All of that said, none of it compares on the airplane to all of you infidels out there. You know, some people, some people where I live have, uh, they, they've heard the stories of my triumph over bus 27, for example. So, you know, maybe, you know, you're now a hero of the community. I am, I am kind of a... You might I'm be sure. able to get elected to the local Miami Beach board of directors or whatever they have there just based on your triumph over bus 27. I'm kind of like the Robin Hood of annoying sounds. And, <laughs> and there, there you go. So just tell it everybody. All right. We're going to talk about our sponsor here for a second. The preborn network of clinics. They're amazing. They're nationwide and they're set up to save the lives of unborn children. They successfully do that every day, saving as many as 200,000 children a year. How do they do it? They welcome pregnant mothers making the decision between life and abortion for their unborn baby. Preborn provides them with a free ultrasound to meet their child, to hear the heartbeat, and to witness the movement of their unborn child. They also offer counseling both during the pregnancy and for up to two years after the baby is born. Preborn's mission is to bring the hearts and souls of mothers and babies together. All services are free, provided by donations from people like you and me who believe that life starts with conception. They need your help. If you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? For example, your tax-deductible donation for this leadership gift of $5,000 would sponsor Preborn's entire nationwide network of clinics for 24 hours, helping to save 200 babies' lives. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating, so you can give with confidence. Help save an innocent life today. Go to preborn.com slash buck. 
Heard it on the show? Hear more on the podcast. Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives. More content, more common sense. Find the guides on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.